Hey everyone, I'm Preston Lee. And I'm Clay Mosley. And this is Freelance to Founder. Every week, we sit down with freelancers like you for actionable coaching calls with one mission. To help you ditch the feast-famine lifestyle and build your own sustainable business. At one point, we were both brand new freelancers, barely making ends meet. But by now, we've started, grown, and even sold a few businesses of our own. And we want to help you do the same. If you're ready to go from freelance to founder, then join the army of freelancers who are taking matters into their own hands. Visit freelancetofounder.com to apply for your own on-air coaching call. And now, get ready to take some notes because an all-new episode of Freelance to Founder starts right now. On today's episode, we chat with A.D. Pinar, who recently published a book titled Life Profitability, The New Measure of Entrepreneurial Success. As someone who's very motivated by the lifestyle freelancing and entrepreneurship can offer, I was super intrigued when I first learned about A.D.'s book. So today, Clay and I have a heart-to-heart chat with A.D. all about the myth of work-life balance and how to build a business that doesn't ultimately consume you. If you've ever felt burned out with the business, you started to find more freedom in the first place and you thought to yourself, this isn't what I signed up for, then 80s advice will be the best thing you hear this week. Stay tuned and we'll be right back. Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real life conversation skills in a different language, order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance. Rules and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Freelance to Founder. As always, I'm joined on the air today by my good friend Clay Mosley from getdripify.com. Hey, dot com, not dot clom. Hey, Clay, how you doing? <laughs> good, good. I'm always happy to be here, my friend. Good. Always happy to have you. We're joined by a special guest today, AD Pinar. Did I get that right? I rehearsed it before. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that was perfect, Preston. <laughs> Okay, AD Pinar, he's calling us from <laughs> South Africa today, and I, um, I'm awful with names, but he walked me through it, and, and I guess I, I blew it anyway. But anyway, uh, welcome, welcome to the show, AD. We're happy to have you. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Today, we're going to go off script a little bit. We're going to go away from our typical coaching call, and AD's actually going to walk us through some thoughts that he's recently had, some things he's discovered about work-life balance. It's going to be a really interesting conversation. AD has recently published a book. He's going to tell us a little bit about that and how that works into your growth as a freelancer and that kind of thing. But before we dive into any of those details, AD, just give us a quick background on who you are and what you're working on and why people should you know, stay tuned for the next 30 or 40 minutes. Yeah, totally. And and thanks for the opportunity, Preston. So my my little elevator pitch to who I am, I've built and sold two software businesses. The first one was WooTeams and WooCommerce, for which I built the first product way back in, in 2007. I exited WooTeams um, and WooCommerce in 2013, wanted to start something new, got into a new company that I founded called Convergio, where we did email marketing automation for e-commerce brands. Subsequently sold that to Campaign Monitor about 18 months ago, latter stages of 2019. And I've recently started 
a new startup called Cogsy, again, in the, the SaaS software e-commerce space. Beyond that, you've mentioned, uh, I am now a published author. I recently published my book called Life Profitability, The New Measure of Success. And really, like I think the other things, you know, beyond just the kind of resume, things that I would kind of... Uh, describe myself as, as, you know, being a learner, being a seeker, family man, and I'm also a former rock star. Okay. Now that's, I mean, that's just a leading introduction. You have to tell us more about the former rock star, right? Yeah. That's all you had to say, honestly. Like (laughs) I would have been impressed by just that last statement. (laughs) Yeah. and, 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 And I probably would do that if the story wasn't as juvenile and was actually impressive. And and the story literally just is that, I mean, Preston, to your point of, um, you're walking you through how to pronounce my name initially. When I, when I started working online way back 2005, 2006, I knew that my name, and again, so English being my second language, Afrikaans, which is almost like Dutch, my first. So my birth name is actually Adrian Pinar. And I knew that kind of working internationally, no one was going to be able to, to pronounce that. And by hook or by crook, what effectively happened was decided that I would use AD. And at the time, it was very in vogue to, to like, if, you're, if you were like a, a good you know, designer, you would be a rock star designer or a rock star kind of developer if you're a developer. And I just figured, you know what, why not use that? And for like probably for about four or five years, everyone that I came in contact with knew me as a rock star. They didn't know that my last, line, last name was, was Pinar. So if you still Google and you use the Quinn quotes, you use properly and you Google a rock star, um, there's definitely still fragments on the internet that I've not managed to, to scrub <laughs> out. I love it. That's a great story. We were actually... What, what caught my eye when you originally reached out was that m- my friend Paul Jarvis actually recommended your book. Paul Jarvis wrote a very interesting book. Uh, I think, has it been two years already now? Uh, he wrote a book, yeah. called Com- I think, called Company of One. And it talked about, you know, only intentionally growing your business, not necessarily hustling for hustling's sake or growing for growth's sake. I found it very interesting. And so I- I'd love to maybe draw some connections between the things you're, you're talking about in terms of work-life balance, life profitability, and-, and see how that can help our audience, you know, maybe take a step back and look at their work and their life in those terms. Start us off by explaining what this concept of life profitability is. It's what your whole book is based on, but but what is life profitability? Yeah. So, and I think like, you know, even in prefacing that and you mentioning, you know, Paul's book, I think similarly to what Paul tried to do with his book, which is propose this alternative way of thinking about business, is that is really kind of at the core of why I wanted to write the book and wanted to put this concept of life profitability uh, out there into the world. Uh, but the idea with life profitability really is, and kind of it's, it's based or at least derivative from a term that I think any, you know everyone here listening understands, right? Which is financial profitability. But then proposing that, you know, when we think about building a business or building just a pro- your professional career, if you're not an entrepreneur, is not to just think about that business or that pursuit being kind of profitable in the narrow sense of the word, right? Which is just financially profitable. But rather expanding that definition and say, you know, how can how can this be profitable in the most wholesome, most diverse, broadest sense, um, you know, of the word? And, and that for me is life profitability. The idea that I can build a business that is not just financially profitable, but really kind of a business that profits my whole life. Um, and my whole life, meaning like all of the other things that 
are in there, right? Whether it's um, my my family, whether it's my friends, my community, whether it's hobbies, side projects, um, whether it's my health, whether it's you know, sleeping well, uh, all of those things. And really thinking like, how, like, what do I need to do in my business to make sure that all of those things get the necessary kind of attention, time, investment uh, as well. The sleep one, when you mentioned sleep, like that, <laughs> that, that, that's what that comes out to me because <laughs> like that's what I struggle with the most. I, I really like this topic because uh, uh, just like the profitability, like not just in business, but like in life, because I, I'm, actually, I'm actually really excited about this, this episode. Not that I'm not excited about the other ones, but... Um, because I think it, uh, I think it'll help me for sure, one hundred percent. So um, this is going to be really cool. In, in what way, Clay? I mean, I, I agree with you. Like, what, what do you think will be most helpful for you if, if we were to turn the tables here? What would yeah. be most helpful for you? Um, I so I'm I'm for for those of you that don't know me, like I'm I'm very like let's go, let's go, let's go. Like from a business perspective, and I tend to. I tend to, um, I don't know, uh, put a wedge between me and my the rest of my other life, <laughs> um, and so it, that, a lot of times, and that's the reason why I bring up sleep is because usually sleep is something I sacrifice, which I know, like in my head, is like that's a big no no from health from a health perspective, and so like that, that you know, and and. and on top of that, just like relationships and and things like that, which I've I've gotten a lot better at, um, uh, to to help to like just build up on my personal relationships. I'm not talking about business. I'm talking about personal, and so just yeah, things like that. Like I that's those are the things that I struggle with. I would say if I had to list off some struggles in my life. I mean, Clay, in you saying that, by the way, I think, you know, I've certainly felt the exact same way. And I still make those kind of, you know, sacrifices and trade-offs and many of the things uh, that, that I do on a daily basis still, right? And I think kind of all of your listeners here like, would probably have felt the same way as well. And the thing that, that really changed for me um, was uh, probably about two, two, maybe three years ago, um, decided that I that I needed to really kind of up my reading game and I really you know needed to read the classics. Um and I got into kind of loads of kind of philosophy books and one of them that I read was was Henry Thoreau and I read Walden. And in Walden he says um and I always butcher this quote but he says the cost of a thing is the amount of what I will call life which is required to be exchanged for for it immediately or in the long run. And when I read that it was like it, the reason it stood out to me was just this notion of like whatever we do in life or in business, um, the cost thereof is life itself, right? So whenever like whenever we're sacrificing anything to kind of you know make progress in our business, the thing we're ultimately sacrificing, whether it's sleep, whether it's relationships, it ultimately kind of at the core of it is also just life that we're sacrificing. Um, and like I, I just I, I'm not sure. That that's the most optimal path forward, where we're constantly sacrificing all of those other things, just in this kind of your narrow pursuit of success and financial reward in our businesses. It's a really interesting way to look at it. Um, Clay and I have had these kinds of conversations on the air with with other uh, guests on the show, where we talk about like the advantage of working for yourself is is kind of that there's not like work life balance uh, is. Is almost is almost a myth, or, or almost 
at least like over overemphasized, I feel like, in the business world. Like you have you have business and or you have work and then you have life and the two live separately and then and they're on completely separate ends of the scale and your job is to equal that scale out every day. In reality, I find I'm most happy when um you know, sometimes my work gets interrupted by my family and sometimes my family gets interrupted by my work and I I kind of live with the idea that that's okay, but I don't know. I I Eighty, would you say that's a, a healthy way to to, to approach uh, working for yourself, where you let the two kind of blend together, or should there be a distinctive division there? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so so I, I'm definitely much closer to to your line of thinking there, Preston. Is I I personally don't um, like to have kind of clear lines delineating. You know, different parts of my life, um, purely because when I, you know, when I see a, a line or a rule, I'm a bit of a rebel. So I always kind of at least stress test it, <laughs> otherwise just, right. just, just break it. Um, but generally, the way I think, and the reason I think work-life balance does not kind of is is a really kind of I think it's a subpar way of and lens at which we we view our lives. But it kind of proposes that work and life is these two totally separate things, opposite ends of the kind of spectrum. Um, and that right. they can balance yeah. each other each other out, right? And I I, I think the, the easiest way to point out how ridiculous that is, is like when I've had a crappy day at work, I take that kind of your know, crappy feeling with me back to, to my home, right? And I'm short with the kids, I'm short with my wife, we get into an argument about something you know, stupid. And in the same way, like if... Like if something bad happens in my personal life and I wake up tomorrow morning and this bad thing still lingers over me, I take that into my work and I'm not as productive. So like that's the easiest way to at least acknowledge that these are not two separate things that you can put into two separate kind of silos and just say like they like as long as I make sure that the silos are kind of you know, pretty much full, right? Both of them, then they're in balance, right? So I I also prefer that kind of um the liquid nature within my life, being able to allow energy to flow from the one kind of state to the other, whether it's from work and to, to other places. Um, that's definitely kind of my preference too. But crucially, I think, you know, and kind of, ex- again, expanding that definition of work-life balance, I think what needs to be in balance is my whole life portfolio, right? And, you know, part of my life portfolio, um, just one part thereof is my business and my work and now my book, right? But the other parts are my family, my friends, and again, sleep, exercise, side hustles. Like all of those things need to be in balance, just like you would balance or try balance, you know, any investment portfolio too. And I think, you know, being, you know, trying to then action that, like if you agree that that was the goal here and you wanted to keep that in balance, um, actioning that is, you know, probably releasing one's grip slightly on these things, right? Um, and taking a lighter touch to, to these different states in our lives and then being more playful around, around it, you know? And I don't, again, like, I'm not a big fan of the idea of work-life integration either because, again, they propose that the one thing is could be part of the other. Um, I think work, for example, is just part of life, right? But I like the idea of that interplay. Like, I like the idea of these you know, when I'm at work and I'm energized there, that I can totally take that energy because it's creating energy and I can take that into other parts of my life and vice versa. I actually actually love the way you're framing this because, you know, you don't hear people talk about like family life balance or um, sleep life balance or 
hobby life balance, right? Because we all consider those things, family, hobbies, sleep, we all consider those things to be part of our life. And yet, and yet we all the time talk about work-life balance uh, because we consider it to be so distinctly different from our lives. And, and I'll admit when I, you know, when I worked a nine to five job, like it was, it was a lot more separate than it is now running my own company. Uh, but still, it, it is interesting how we frame that. You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane effective home workout. That's because Hydro pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's gonna wanna take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs, and did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, and uh, you know what I think? The the uh, the most ironic thing there for me is that if we think about kind of about work life balance, if we think about work itself and just the you know work being based or heavily influenced by the capitalist society that we currently live in, like all of those things are man made things. They're not natural occurrences that kind of were here and just kind of evolved. Like they're man made things. So at some stage, we as imperfect and flawed human beings decided that work is, needs to be this very, very important thing. And then it became the most important thing. Hence why, like to your point, is we talk about work-life balance, but we don't talk about family life balance. Um, and if we look at, I think it then gets perpetuated um, with mainstream media that does the constant drum beating about kind of, you know, literally kind of, you know, the, the hustle porn where we have to kind of, you know, work harder, achieve more, keep up with the Joneses, buy this new better thing. Um, and we get like, we're so stuck on that hamster wheel, I think as a human race, that we never consider alternatives. And I'm not suggesting for, you know, any moment, for example, that 
uh, you know, capitalism is completely bad. I also think that with, you know, with capitalism, it's brought many innovations, many, you know, kind of much progress in our, you know, various societies. I also just acknowledge the flaws that it has brought. Um, and crucially, the flaws that we now just accept as being normal um, and that this is always going to be the case. And I think, like, again, my goal with life profitability, I think in a similar way to kind of your Paul writing his book of Company One, is just proposing that there might just be an alternative path here. For many entrepreneurs, there might just be an alternative path. There might be a way to build a business that looks slightly different to the way we've been doing things for the last 10 or 20 years, but can actually kind of create a lot more value and value in a, in a more holistic, wholesome, diverse sense. Yeah, it's really interesting you bring this up because obviously the whole point of our show, uh, as many of our listeners will know, is like, is is to is to level up your business from being a freelancer to becoming a founder of a company, um, you know, potentially growing a team, and and lots of, I mean, there's there are lots of like hustle undertones, right? Like we 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 want people to to achieve everything they can in their business. So I guess I guess like the question is how and and Clay, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this or if you you know if you think we're headed in the right direction mm-hmm. here, but 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 like, how do you then? Uh, Grow your business, which admittedly is a a, a valid pursuit, a, a valuable pursuit in in your business. It's fun for a lot of us who are growing businesses. Uh, how do you grow your business without burning out on the hustle of the hamster wheel that you said before? Eighty. What do you guys yeah, think? Um, and, and and I think that's a great question here, Preston. Because um, and again, I the full disclaimer here is, you know, having built and sold two software businesses, I decided to build a new one, right? Again, um, doing it a third time. And the reason I do that is because doing that, um, at least as partly kind of you know, part of my own version of life profitability. And I think, um, and when I say that, what I mean here is what I've learned about myself is I, I need to create. I, I love making things. I love building teams. Um, I love using the business for you know, trying to make, you know, or, or attempt to make some kind of dent in the you know, ecosystem or the community in which we operate. So there is that higher kind of mission there. And I think that ultimately for anyone on that journey from, you know, from freelancer to founder, um, figuring out like what your, like what your highest values are, what your highest personal values are, and making sure that this journey you're on that progression, that ladder that's been proposed to us that can actually serve those values. Like that is the way to avoid burnout. And um, the thing that kind of changed my mind forever in terms of burnout, uh, there's a great book. It's such a kind of almost um, an oxymoron of a title, but the book is called uh, The Joy of Burnout uh, by Dr. Dina Gluberman. And the way she describes burnout is burnout happens when the kind of you lose the meaning in the structures that you've created and invested so much in. And that meaning will like meaning there. I don't think there's much meaning in, you know, making money itself, right? The meaning is ultimately in what you do subsequently. The meaning is probably in the work that happens before making money, but making money is, is not the meaning or the end goal ever. So like in that thinking through kind of your own life profitability and your kind of your values and where you're at, making sure that 
the next steps of this journey is in alignment with that. That's when I think that's how you do this sustainably. That's how you create most energy and momentum. And that probably puts you on a path where you're more likely to succeed in terms of life profitability. That might look slightly different to what gets reported on TechCrunch or kind of you know other places, but it will be kind of true to to you as a unique individual. I guess I guess uh um Maybe I'm just like a weird individual uh, because like I have like this really high tolerance of uh, like getting to burnout, I guess you could say. Um, like I, I don't know, like I, I don't I don't burn out easily. So I, the reason I'm bringing this up is because I think I'm just wondering how much of this is defined by society. Um, and is it how much of how much ha, like... So this this uh, idea of burnout, how much of it is is uh, defined by society? And like, hey, you you don't need to be working this much um, because you're going to achieve burnout, or like, you know what I mean? Um, because like, there's I think also society also says, hey, um, uh, I think there's a reason why we call it work. Like society calls it work, and like for me, it's like. I don't call it work. Like, I mean, I call it work just because, it's, like, everybody says it's work, but um, it's not work for me. So that I guess that's why I don't. I don't. I personally don't achieve burnout. Um, and so, meaning it's it's fun for yeah, you. It's you get fun. in like a state of flow. Yeah. So, like, I, I'm just wondering, like, this whole concept of burnout and like work life balance, uh, like, how much of that is is uh, what am I trying to say here? Like, is defined by society versus what we as individuals and each individual is different uh, actually want. And so like for me, for example, um, like I personally, like Preston has kids. I don't, I personally don't have kids yet. And so- That's why you're never burned out, man. And that's probably true. <laughs> Just kidding. You know, like, I mean, there's no, maybe some truth to it. <laughs> no, I, I bet there's a lot of truth to that. You know, like, and, and, and I, mean, I am married, but like my wife is just as much, like she, she likes work just as much as I do. And so I, I think I'm kind of fortunate there, but um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of trying to think of this as like in a deeper sense of what, like, why is burnout, uh, why is it defined the way it is? And also why is like work life, the work life relationship defined the way it is? Is it because society says that's the way it needs to be? Or is that like, or is that just different for each individual person? You know what I mean? Like, I, I've always thought about it that way. And I think that's a great question, by the way, Claire, purely because many of the definitions, terms, um, narratives that we use are never questioned, right? So I will also agree with you. If I, I mean, I, I, I don't know you kind of you personally, for example, but if you're being 100% true and honest and saying, you know what? You've never burnt out. You work hard. You 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 work more than the forty hours a week that um, you know most people would say you should work. Then I would probably say that that is your definition of life profitability, and that is perfectly fine because that is you being uniquely you. And you know to that extent, like my take on it is very simple: is um, when I sat down with my publishing team for the book, I purposely told them, "Listen, guys, we're not going to write." A how-to book. I don't believe in how-to books. I don't believe in proposing a ten-step kind of process or blueprint to X outcome, um, because the the path and the journey is always much more kind of personal and individualized, right? So to your point there, 
like maybe like that is just your version of life profitability and like neither myself nor anyone else here should should kind of be a challenge one like the one thing that i will just throw out there is that i i also always thought that i was in my flow state um you know, especially during We Themes, my first business um, that I essentially started like final year at Varsity, right? And I like I was literally young, immature, not um, had, you know hadn't been exposed to as many things in life as I have been you know up until this day. And I think for the biggest part of that journey, I was grossly unaware of the collateral damage that lay strewn kind of you know at the side of the road that I of the journey that I was on. And like I think that's you know again I'm not proposed I'm not even saying that that's the case for you but that's at least the question that I would ask of someone that says you know hey Eddie I'm having so much fun you know work is a big part of my life um, I sometimes work hundred hour weeks um, but I really really love it like as a that might be true and that might be your version of life profitability right now I would just kind of mm-hmm. you know, challenge or ask those questions around like. Are there kind of you know collateral damage? Are there life costs that you're incurring that you're not necessarily aware of at this stage? Yeah, no, that's good. Um, and the answer to those uh, are probably yeah, I'm probably not aware <laughs> of some things, um, and, and that's just like complete. Uh, like, maybe that's just ignorance. But um, I and the reason I bring this up is because I have been told that um, I should always I should work less and like take up more hobbies. You know, like that kind of thing, and I'm and I'm just like, uh, this is like this is my hobby, like this is this is fun for me, um, and so like I don't know, like I I I know people who do like woodworking or like, um, you know, just like or play like what what's that frisbee game like the frisbee that's like a golf what is it, froth or just golf I don't know. Whatever, I don't play. It. You, you, yeah, you, Clay, you have to remember, I, I live in South Africa, right? So everything takes three years longer to reach South Africa. So that that whatever that first piece has not reached South Africa. Yet. Well, guess what? It hasn't reached me yet because I don't quite understand it. So, um, anyways, I got somebody who who does that, and they're like, "Oh, you should like you should do something that's like like this, you know, like you know, I don't know, but I'm just like, I." You know, or I, I like I, I have uh, family members or, or some friends that they they play regular golf. I'm like, just the idea of playing golf, just like no, I just want to put something in my eye. And so I don't know. I, I this is just the way I think, um, because like work for me is it is super fun. And so I this the whole work life balance is a very interesting. Um, and burnout is a very interesting topic to me because I don't know. I guess I I'm a little bit of a rebel because I just um, uh, I don't know. I guess I'm just different from everybody else. Well, it certainly makes a difference. I would say that you enjoy your work, yeah. right? Like like so many people that worry about burnout in work, it, it is because they're putting in you know 80 hours a week at a job that they hate like that'll lead to burnout even even more quickly than oh i would bur- i would out i would burn time. out 40 hours a week at a job i hated which yeah. i used to have and so yes. <laughs> yeah 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 so i think i i mean i'm with you like like my business also feels a bit like a hobby um i don't put in probably as many hours as we well i know i don't put in as many hours as kids. you do uh right 
my business isn't as big as yours. I don't, I don't have to lock uh, myself in a, in a closet have, have <laughs> to, to do a podcasting so the, so the kids won't come in. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to rub it's, it's it in, comical. man. But, uh, it's funny. But it's not untrue. I'm not making fun of you. It's just funny. <laughs> it's more for the sound quality, Greg. There go. Come on. Yeah. It's for the sound quality. Um, <laughs> but 80, I mean, I think this idea of like collateral damage is interesting. What are When, when you say collateral damage... Maybe as someone's building their freelance business or scaling up their freelance business, which obviously a lot of our listeners are in the process of doing or they want to do, what are some what are some warning signs maybe they can look out for? Uh, when you say collateral damage, tell us what that means, and then what are some warning signs they can watch for so that that doesn't become an issue down? There? Yeah, so I guess the, the warning signs by the way is, is probably harder because um, I think that the collateral damage either happens or is defined in one or two ways. It's it's something that is intrinsic to you, right? So i.e. not sleeping enough, um, not exercising, not being healthy. Like those are things, there's probably signs there that you can you can see mm. and you can monitor. Um, you know, but other things probably involves other people, right? Then it comes down to relationships, whether it's um, you know, whether it's in, you know, with your spouse, whether it's your, with your kids, if you have kids, whether it's the friendships that you kind of neglect. So like the warning signs are, are, are probably a little e- easier or, or harder to kind of, you know, figure out. The way I kind of tend to think about that person is um, I think about kind of tripwires and, and, and lighthouses um, and tripwires in the sense that um, for me, at least, I've got a couple of things that I now know if they're out of whack, then something is off and I need to take a step back and I need to investigate. And those things are like, if I, if I suddenly stop exercising um, or if I find myself being short with my kids, you know, more than usual um, because they are absolute gremlins at, you know, at times, but those are kind of those tripwires. So if I step over them, then I know something is off. Um, similarly, I, I really rely on lighthouses, right? And like the two most prominent kind of ones, and I'll explain what I mean there is, um, you know, has been my wife, Jean, um, as well as my best mate, um, who was also my t- you know, 2IC in Conversion, my previous company. And what I could essentially rely on them on is sometimes having that awareness to be able to, you know, say something to me um, to be that tripwire then, right? So my wife would kind of often say, hey, like, why are you being so short with the kids? Or, hey, I can see you're, you know, Playing Lego, you are there playing Legos with your kids, but it doesn't look like you're present. Like, what's up? Or with my best mate, the vet, who was was my two IC um, in the business, like having him in the business and having him, you know, understand me in a, you know, in a broader sense of just the business. Um, you know, being able to say, you know, hey, buddy, like something happened at the meeting. Like, why were you so angry, or why did you seem so disconnected in, you know, that meeting? So, like, those well, are the good. things that I've kind of become to kind of rely on to to help me to just course correct, right? Because I don't think, like, by all means, I, I'm not perfect with these things. I've just built in some mechanisms in my life to make sure that, you know, when I can become aware that things are slightly off, when kind of I'm not like within my kind of almost kind of you know, magic zone, my flow state, um, when I'm not pursuing life profitability, I want to course correct as quickly as possible. So it's more of a optimization than kind of a, you know, trying to switch from a zero to a one in those kind of actions. This is good. Um, the, a lot of this, what you're saying is, is uh, practiced a lot and, and taught a lot in like therapy. Um, and so, and like, just like, be, like uh, kind of being open with communication. Um, also like, uh, 
Like I, I do my, me and my wife, we do this. Um, we just like, if we're ever short with each other or whatever, we, we actually give it a name. I don't, I don't know how this, I think this could pertain in, in what we're talking about, but we actually give it a name. We call it the circus. And so whenever something like that's happening, we say, Hey, the circus is coming in town. <laughs> um, let's take a step back. <laughs> so I, I, I hear a lot of therapeutic um, practice in here. Yeah, and and I think that's that. I mean, again, Claire, like that's perfect for. And again, everyone's kind of um, the way they do that will be different, right? But the key thing is here is just acknowledging, like, hey, here's this thing that's popped up, and I should either do something about it or I should not do something about it. But it should not just be a subconscious, you know, thing. I should not just kind of you know, you know, continue to be unaware of this thing that has popped up. And you know, for me. Um, and there's a bigger story here. We don't have to do the deep dive. But a big part of when I think about life profitability, when I think about my life now, it's been massively influenced by mindfulness. And at the core, for me at least, mindfulness is just, again, that very kind of, you know, that moment that I become aware of a thought or a feeling. Um, and I need to make a decision about what to do with that. And sometimes it's Again, it's just accepting it, it's not doing anything um, about it. It's not even judging that thought or feeling. But, you know, in, in terms of, you know, how that plays out in my life, as I said, it's it's literally just those small little course corrections as quickly as possible. I think the worst thing, um, and that's what ultimately happened for me, is for, for years in my business, um, I was super successful. And I was unaware of this collateral damage that I had created these life costs that I occurred. And by the time that I realized that, it was almost too late. When I needed to start paying back those debts, I'd almost kind of ruined some relationships beyond repair. And if it wasn't for the grace of some other human beings there, I would not have had a second chance. And I think like that's that risk there. If I was more aware and I could have, you know, I would not have avoided making mistakes. I would not have avoided kind of some collateral damage incurring some life costs, but it would not have gotten to that point where it kind of really was kind of, you know, almost kind of, you know, too late to try and, you know, rectify this, to try and, you know, bring this back, you know, from the brink of destruction. So, so is, is part of the key then, uh, like staying in tune with really your core why behind growing your business? I mean, if we're talking about growing your business specifically, like, um, you know, if, if you start to lose sight of, of why you started a business in the first place, why you wanted to work for yourself in the first place, as you, I, I find that most people that run into trouble, they've just lost sight of that and they, they start chasing the money or they start chasing the prestige or whatever. Um, when in reality, most people didn't start a business to become filthy rich or, or famous or whatever ends up driving them to, toward burnout or toward this collateral damage we're discussing. I don't know, is that, is that the, the key then is to, to keep your priorities you know, focus back on maybe what your priorities were when you started this whole thing or, or what's the, what do you think the, the key to doing that successfully is? Yeah. So I, I think it's exactly that. Kristen. I think um, I often tell the story. Um, I think most entrepreneurs, they start this journey with the definition of freedom, right? And they, they lose that freedom along the way. Um, mm, yeah. And like we start like, we build businesses because we want to work on the thing we want with whom we want, when we want, et cetera. And then like the simplest freedom that we, we lose along the way is the fact that, you know, these days we all have smartphones and our businesses literally live in our pockets and in every other kind of realm of our life. 
And that's a freedom that we've now traded for this other freedom that we've you know, kind of set out to pursue. So again, I think, yes, like reconnecting with that original kind of you know, version, like why did I actually start this? What was the hope that I had when I started this out? And for me, that hope there, that why is very linked to who you are as a person, like what your highest values are. So going on that journey, if you're in alignment with that, then you're on a, you're on a pretty good path. But yes, many people forget that. And I think part of why we forget that again is we've been brainwashed by these very, like a very specific version of success in mainstream media, right? And we start benchmarking like where we're at in our journey with those around us, you know, keeping up with Joneses. Um, you know, again, you know, TechCrunch, this founder just raised 50 million. I don't even have revenue in my business. Like all of those things create, you know, discontent and it mm. pulls us away from, from that why. Like it all gets like a little bit too, you know, too, too, too noisy there. So yes, like stepping back, reconnecting with that why like is a, is a core part of, I think, of just sustainably being an entrepreneur and truly, you know, getting to the outcome that you, that you hope most. And when I say outcome here as well as, you know, I know that, you know, kind of revenue or financial goals and milestones are a thing. And some of those milestones, you know, many of them should totally be celebrated. I think as entrepreneurs, we're really bad at celebrating the things that we actually do well. We just skip over them. But I also know that, you know, at least the entrepreneurs that I've met and had have had the opportunity and the privilege to kind of get to know is for one of them is they reach, you know, the goal of, you know, whatever, hundred thousand dollars revenue, then it's a million dollars, then it's ten million. And whenever right. they reach that, there's always there's always a more, right? And I don't think money or a financial goal in itself can ever really be the goal in itself, right? It's the the question is always like, what happens if you know when you get there? If or when you get there, like there has to be something else after that. Yeah, that's actually really good. I read I read a book on that concept um, by the the guys who run uh, Basecamp, um, the the software Basecamp, and so yeah. there's there's a book called. Uh, it doesn't. I think it's called. It doesn't have to work. It doesn't have to suck at work or something like that. It's. I don't. I don't quote me on that title, but um, it's. I think it's their latest one. Anyways, they talk about the concept of numbers, and they're like, all these companies, like they have these revenue goals, and they're like, well, where did they get that goal? Where did they come up with that number? And most of the case, most most times, is it's just like they just made up this arbitrary number. Like, hey, our goal is. Uh, one million dollars in revenue this year. Like, okay, well, where did you get that number? Did you just like choose it out of thin air? And <laughs> yeah. in most case, it is. I mean, like, I get, I get the, uh, uh, and then what they're talking about in the book is like they get it as far as like hitting numbers to be able to like pay bills and also pay yourself to live the life that you want to live. But like after that, along with what you said, is okay. Well, what happens when you hit that number? Like, where do the what do all these other numbers mean? Um, and because like once you hit a number, like okay, well, why? Where are these other numbers coming from? Where are all these other goals coming from? So yeah, that's a really good point. I wanted to ask you, um, Ad, what would you suggest to somebody? And I'm sure Preston's going to want to kind of close this out uh, here pretty soon. But um, I wanted to I want to be sure to get this in. What would you suggest to somebody who is just starting out, where you know, like that person has to put in a lot of time and effort? to build their business because mm. they they just need to get a revenue they're in startup mode but at the same time there's this like this uh this uh I don't know what you call it like family um work 
uh, balance type thing, burnout. Like, what would you suggest to somebody there? Yeah, I so I would probably um, I would probably ask them like, what is the again like, what is that eventual goal? And then I would ask them like, is the entrepreneurial path actually the best way to achieve that goal? Because again, we we've assumed that the entrepreneurial path is the best way to to get to freedom or Oh, whatever that that, uh, that that goal is, right? But if you, for example, I think that if you really wanted kind of, um, you know, work-life balance, and again, we, we chat about it, I don't believe this is the case, but probably the much easier way to have work-life balance is to get a nine-to-five for 40 hours a week. Find a team that is kind of um, where you're a valuable member of the team and you can do work you love and then just do that work like week in, week out. Because what happens then is you, for example, have the flexibility and the ability to close your office door and go into your rest of your life, right? So you actually have that freedom. And that's probably, that's a much more guaranteed path as well. If you consider the failure rates of, you know, of, of businesses, of startups, um, that's a much more guaranteed path to, to that goal, if that was your goal, right? So that's probably the thing. And, and I, I don't mean that um, as a way to discourage entrepreneurship. I think entrepreneurship is like, it's a wonderful thing. Um, and there's a reason why like 13 years in, um, you know, two successes, couple of failures, I'm starting kind of a third software business here. Like I, I love it. I, I, I'm just... Kind of, I, I hope what I hope you know or what I hope to achieve here is at least ask that question. I think it's not as universal an answer that entrepreneurship is the best path to achieve some of the goals that entrepreneurs have wanted to achieve before. I think sometimes I said being employed, being part of the team, being part of something bigger, perhaps gets you much closer to those goals in a much better or calmer, um, more efficient, more effective way. And so really it comes That's back good. to like aligning your actions with your your ultimate goals. And what I think what what a lot of people don't realize is maybe what was at the heart of Clay's question, which is, you know, entrepreneurship a lot of times can mean your your life is is a bit lopsided. Uh for the first I mean, it's a you know, it's a lot easier to make uh, your second 10k than your first 10k or whatever right like it's it just it takes so much hustle just to get any sort of momentum um in the beginning and so you can actually burn out pretty quickly in the beginning if you're not careful uh i that's why i actually think side hustling is a good idea i think you can have some stability and some predictability in a job uh i when i was working a job i gave up a lot of promotions and a lot of other opportunities to climb the ladder because i knew that wasn't my eventual goal I just worked hard. I did good on my team. I learned. And then I worked on my side hustle on the side, which eventually became my full-time job. And so I think there are ways to get there besides just like up and quitting and becoming an entrepreneur and burning out in the first couple of years of, of trying to build a successful business. So, yeah, Exactly right. And I think that's, you know, I hold to agree, Preston. I think the point there is, you know, the, the path forward for for. You know, all of us here, you know, the three of us on, you know, on this you know, in this conversation, and anyone listening is, there is a there's a unique path forward, right? And the it's it's our it, within our ability and it's probably a superpower for us to figure out, um, you know, with all the information that is out there and all the information I, ideas we have access to, is from which of those things do we borrow? Like which of those things do we believe is true for us? Mm, and yeah. then making our own own recipe as we chart kind of this next stages 
of our individual journeys. Yeah, I love that. Well, Adi, thank you so much for taking time to share with us today. I, I know it's been helpful for me. Uh, it sounds like it's been helpful for you as well, Clay. And um, oh, for we sure. just we just really appreciate you taking uh, some time to chat with us today, Adi. Will you will you tell the listeners uh, where they can connect with you and uh, and where they can find your book? Yeah, totally. So um, the book is the easy part there um, for most people. Amazon is, is probably the easiest place to get the book, both in uh, paperback and ebook, you know, ebook, ebook, ebook format, um, as well as most major retailers worldwide should carry it. Um, otherwise, the best place is to find me at uh, ad.me, which is my personal site, adii.me. Um, and I'm also publishing um, and building my new startup in public there um, with the idea of creating some accountability. So I would love for anyone listening to, to me kind of you know, throwing these ideas of life profitability out there um, you know, to follow my journey um, and to keep me accountable to ensure that as I too go down this ambitious path, this hard path of you know, building a new startup, that I actually keep my own life profitability in check and that I'm not just a hypocrite, you know, throwing out <laughs> my two cents whenever I get the, the opportunity to do so. Sure. <laughs> I like that. Well, perfect. Thanks, thanks again for joining us today and uh, have a good rest of the day. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Cheers. Freelance to Founder is produced by the team at Millo. Visit millo.co to level up your freelancing. And Dripify, visit getdripify.com to become a bad A in business. Freelance to Founder is also part of the Podglomerate. You can check out more amazing podcasts at thepodglomerate.com. The theme music for this show was produced by Joaquin Carud. You can catch past episodes at FreelanceToFounder.com or by searching Freelance to Founder in your favorite podcast player. While you're at it, we'd love an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all for now. Until next time. See ya.